The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. about to inspire you with the stories of real people. Welcome to A Current Life with your host, Jimmy Gould. In the next hour, you will meet one of the most interesting and successful people in the world. Listen as Jimmy gets their real story of success, both the highs and the lows. We hope that you take with you some of the ideas we will share today and embrace your own journey. Now, here's Jimmy. Welcome to another edition of A Current Life. I'm your host, Jimmy Gould, and I'm very excited and honored to introduce to you my special guest, Landria Anka. Uh, Landria, welcome to A Current Life. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Jimmy. Well, I'm extremely happy to have you as a guest on my show. We've known each other now for a few years, and, yeah. and uh, I'm excited about it. You've introduced other guests that have been on the show, so I thought at this time of the year, we always have a holiday special, and... Landria is the author of a new book called The Rooftop Christmas Tree, A uh, Miracles Happen, a real-life story about a seemingly insane man, a dream, and a miracle. And today you'll listen to our interview with Landria, learn about her life, and really what drove her to write this great book that I suggest that everybody go out and get. I've read it. I love reading it, uh, especially at this time of the year. You can get it. It's The Rooftop Christmas Tree. It's available on Amazon.com, www.amazon.com, or by visiting Landria's website, www.outskirtspress.com, slash, uh, thereof, what is it, thereof, top Christmas tree, correct? Yeah, the rooftop Christmas tree. The rooftop Christmas tree. Yeah, it's a little long, so probably easier to go to Amazon. So go to www.amazon.com. Landria, this shows about life's journey and the ups and the downs that we all experience and overcome to get where each of us is meant to be. So on that note, I'd like to start off with your early years and ask you, what, wh- where did you grow up and what life was like for you as a child? Well, you know, life is a journey right? for everyone. Yeah. And um, uh, I think some of us are more bold than others. And uh, I grew up in the Midwest to a very uh, nice, solid family. Uh, really nice parents, and uh, my brother and I uh, grew up in Michigan on a lake, and you know, we skied and ice skated and uh, just had a pretty normal life. It was a lot of fun, but I, I guess I was one of those kids that uh, always had to go and do and achieve, and, and I was always just a little bit different that way. So, um, so I, uh, at a very early age, started writing. Um, I actually got my first writing award in second grade, a young author's award, and um, was uh, uh, awarded a book by a, a famous author. Uh, and um, and that was my first introduction to the fact that you know I could reach people uh, with my writing. So um, so as you know, as the years went on, uh, I. 
had uh, several scholarships and um, awards and uh, pursued a lot of different avenues. I, uh, at one point, applied as a writer in Washington, D.C., and, and got that scholarship and uh, worked for a congressman there for a period of time. Um, Let I, me ask you, because uh, we're going to get into a, a lot of history of your life and stuff, but uh, what I'm curious about, you know, uh, first of all, writing it in the second grade is, is I think, incredibly uh, aspirational for, for those listeners. You know, this show goes into over 180 countries and, and uh, yeah, is downloadable on iTunes. Uh, and we get a lot of people that, that follow this because they like learning about the journeys of people who are doing things that maybe they would like to do and they would like a roadmap and kind of what are the, the kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of what got somebody to follow their dream. So I guess, you know, the, the, what I want to learn about and what our readers would love, what our listeners would love to learn about is kind of what was the motivation for you to get you to, you know, to the place where you were in terms of being different, following kind of your passion at a young age, uh, were your parents, you know, supportive? And also, what was maybe a, a moment that was really tough for you that you had to overcome? Because as you said, it is a journey, and I do believe we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. So maybe you could tell, talk a little bit about what was behind all that. You know, absolutely. I think, I think that's the key, is that we, we're taught to avoid challenges. We think these are bad. People say, oh, I'm sorry when something happens, or oh, that's bad, and I, I don't look at things that way. I did have wonderful, encouraging parents. Uh, that is huge teachers along the way. I had a couple of teachers in elementary school that said, you know, she, she can write and encouraged that. And my parents were, you know, very supportive. And that is huge. But, you know, not everybody gets those opportunities. Some of us, you know, I have some, some friends that have not come from the best backgrounds and are still achievers. Some of that, I don't know, I think we're born with it, where some of us are a little bit, like I said, more fearless. And then others need that extra push. I think this is why I'm so excited to be on this show is that, and, and my book, uh, I want to reflect all of those uh, feelings that people go through and, and tell people that, you can live a fearless life. It doesn't mean I'm not afraid. I, I feel the same things that other people do. I just break through them. And, and as a child, like I said, was able to have the support behind me. And, and it, even if it was one person that said, you need to do this, when others said, uh, you know, what? Are you crazy? You know, uh, and, you know, I remember getting in my car and, and driving to D.C. and didn't know anybody or a- anyone and didn't have, you know, a dime to my name and managed to get my, um, my education paid for there. And then, of course, my dad did step up and, and support me. And um, so, you know, you'll, you'll always find a way. But a lot, as far as the writing piece goes, I have so many people tell me now, gosh, you know, I have a story to tell, but I'm not a good writer. That shouldn't stop anybody because there's always there are always people around you that can help you uh, put it into words. Um, 
great editors. There's self-publishing now, which is what I did. I didn't wait for somebody else to tell me it was okay or they liked my story. I went for it, and then I got the support. My mother, for one, was uh, she's an outstanding writer, and she had edited the book, and she pretty much ripped it apart. <laughs> and she, I said, Mom, and she's like, I'm not the person to be doing this. And I said, no, you are because you're going to tell me the truth, and that's what you need. Surround yourself with people that are going to be honest and real and supportive. And she did that. So unfortunately, my mother then passed away. And um, this manuscript was sitting at the house. And I had to get my dad to hunt it down and and send it back to me. And then it sat here for a while. I realized I had to rewrite a lot of things. I had to speak more from my heart. And she was very good at that. And then I had quite a series of things happen in my life um, that really pushed me to this. And I, I think that is there one thing is, when you were younger that maybe was a challenge that you had to overcome? Um, you know, I really want to focus on the early years before we go more into, because you've done a lot of things in your life, and as a woman, we I all have. know in this country it takes an added kind of, you know, commitment and passion because, you know, a lot of the, especially when you became an investment banker, because a lot of that business was controlled by men and the old the old guard, so to speak, and you know, I've looked at my life always as the cup half full, and I've always gone after anything. Anybody told me not to do it, I did it, you know, because I hated to be told not to do something. And, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was, you know, like you, I obviously I had fears and things like that, but yeah. I never let them control me. And, well, I read this, I think it touched me. First of all, I lost my mother on Christmas Eve oh, uh, wow. from a brain tumor when I was five years old. And, uh, wow. You know that that shapes you. It, it 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 creates a trust problem and and an abandonment problem, and probably why yeah. I've been through, you know, different relationships where I've had to really look at myself and how I'm driving people away. And I'm not afraid to talk about that because I happen to think one of the biggest problems in our life is that, you know, we all have, you know, kind of that masculine and feminine part of ourselves yeah. and. But we're taught not to go to certain places. If you're a woman, you're taught you've got to be feminine. Don't be, you know, and if you're a man, you're not supposed to have tears. You're not supposed to cry. I mean, your book touched a lot of parts within me because I think life has to start with dreams and miracles. And you've got to believe that there's something greater than what we go through every day here. And if you can figure out the journey that what your purpose is, you know, we'll talk about that at the end of the show, you know, it does help shape you, but your events yeah. that go on in your life really do shape you. And so what I'm curious about with you is that you've always seemed to be very independent and you've always seemed to be self-motivated. And most importantly, you've always seemed to be confident in your own abilities to make something happen. And when I was reading the book, I was thinking about really this story obviously has a lot to do with yourself and your own life, I would yeah. say. So maybe... Yeah, so, and, and it's exactly what you said. You know, I purposely, of course, you know, uh, there's some uh, creative license in that, that book, uh, and I, it is under the fiction department purposely because I had to uh, build in a, a romance that really wasn't true, although the people are real in there and, and their stories are, are real. But um, so it's exactly what I wanted to show what you just said, and that is no matter who you looked at in that book, every character 
has something in their past or something that they carry with them that's that's in their head. Um, their fears based on a childhood situation or shame or whatever. And, and, and every time you think you've got somebody figured out, you find something new about them. So, and, and another, you know, piece of that is to not judge people and to be compassionate and to be open and, and to take a look at your own fears and ask why you are or not doing things. Like you said, okay, if you're pushing somebody away, where is that coming from? I had to do it with myself recently. Uh, my whole uh, investment banking career, I just recently let go. I started at age 30, and I don't know if you know this, <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you, I don't have a finance degree. People think mm. I'm some financial guru. I'm really a salesperson. I was a deal maker. I was a rainmaker. I was very good at it. And uh, I was up against um, you know, uh, 50 some other people for one position. And I was the only one that didn't have a Series 7 at the time, which is a securities license required uh, for the job. And uh, I was interviewed over the phone, and, and the gentleman, after several interviews, called me and says, um, I don't know why I'm doing this. You're the most unqualified person. You have oh. no financial background. <laughs> I'm going to hire you, and if you don't perform, I'm going to come apply to Michigan and find you. I said, you know what? I said, you're going to hug me when you see me because I'm going to be your top producer. And out of 50 managers in the country, I was their top producer consistently. Well, yeah, I know. I know that about you because you're yeah. you. You don't let anything get in your way. And, no. and I want to. I want to understand. Growing up, did you have a favorite hero? Did you have somebody other than besides your parents? that really stood out, that, that pushed you to follow your passion? Because that's the thing that I think that you and I have learned about one another is that that's what drives everything. If you're not passionate about something, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't even get out of bed, frankly. And, and, and I wonder who really helped shape you. Were there you know, things you read, things you did? I, I, I always try to focus in on what was that kind of wow moment when you realized that you could do whatever it was you wanted to do? Yeah, you know, it was never uh, a celebrity or anybody famous. It was always uh, someone close to me, usually a, an instructor of some kind. I can remember, and <laughs> her name was, her last name was Dill, and we used to call her Dill Pickle because she was uh, the nastiest teacher you'd ever want to <laughs> deal with in sixth grade. Dill Pickle, so I don't, I don't think we ever saw her smile, and um but she was really tough on us, and I wrote uh, a book, and uh, it was did very very well. I was getting awards, you know, then. And um, while I was at the writers' conference uh, for the day, everybody was in class, and when I came back, one of the kids said, "You know, Mrs. Dill said we better be nice to you." And I said, "Why?" And, and she said, uh, "Landry is going to be a famous writer someday." Wow. Yeah, that touched my heart, and I realized, again, here we go. You know, I'm looking at this stern woman, and everything she did was for the best, and for our, and she supported She truly loved us. And, the, you know, the, the teachers that let you run around, you know, and, and, you know, mess around and not do your work, I realized we're not the ones that were going to help me. And I consistently had, I'd say, three really strong teachers along the way that absolutely would pull me aside and tell me, 
you know, what I, what I need to do and push me, even when, even when my parents weren't. And my father has always been a very strong person, too. It, as a man telling a young girl, you can be anything you want. He didn't say you, you should be a secretary or a Yeah, nurse. that's powerful. That's, he said you can great. own a company. Let me, let me ask you're, you in the you're book, smart, Landy. Um, you could own your own business, and that was huge. You know, as I look at the characters in the book, um, I, I just want to mention a few and kind of get the sense of how you... How, what they represent to you. I mean, obviously they represent something probably to everybody and then maybe in a different way, but, you know, you think of the, uh, of, of, uh, first of all, you start with Sarah, who's the main character and, and yeah. then, and then John Rivera and then, you know, Judge Connor. And then, you know, obviously the misconception around Mr. Landis, because obviously everybody thought he was crazy when in fact yeah. he wasn't crazy at all. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and and you know he his life had been ripped apart and 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 you know he what he wanted and I'm not going to give it away in the story but what he wanted was obviously what any of us would have wanted but yes. nobody knew that nobody focused on that and so everybody just thought he was nuts and um, yeah what's you know, crazy right yeah. What's really it's crazy? Brilliant, what you yeah. did. <laughs> I want to show that sometimes the most uh, seemingly crazy things are just very simple acts of people that just don't need to uh, put it out there. They're very secure in what they're doing, and and they're okay. They don't care what other people think. I think it's really important to stick to that too. You know, uh, if you're being smart about it, if you're doing something and and you know that it's right. I think a lot of us are so busy. I know I've done it myself so often. That's probably one of my Achilles heel is, is to try and please other people too much. And I've learned to stop doing that. Not that I don't love to please other people and I do it, but I do it when it's good for me and it's going with what my heart tells me to do. Uh, Sarah in the book, she's a real do-gooder, but Sarah had her own stuff that she was carrying around that was all made up in her head about what she should or shouldn't be or what she should or shouldn't be doing. And then she, I guess, you know, Jimmy, you're talking about putting up barriers. You know, she pushed people away because she thought, you know, it represented the path that her parents had gone on. And, and then when she really realized her parents were happy, they were okay right. with that path. You know, she was the one that thought it was... Uh, well, that never, you know. that never even crossed her mind that they could no. be happy because she blamed herself, I guess, you know, in a way she felt guilty because her, in the book, her father had, 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 had left law school and he did it because he made a choice to support his, his the woman he loved, yeah. the most important woman in his life. And, you know, and she was afraid to get close or make a commitment to anybody because she was afraid the same thing would happen to her. And, uh, yeah. And, and but know. in her head, that was a bad thing. So yeah. I, I guess I always say to people like, okay, you know, you get a divorce or, you know, my parents have passed away. I'm sorry. I said, you know, we always say I'm sorry. I, I know people say that because they're really, you know, they care. But we always view these things as bad. It's like, okay, every challenge is a door opening. It's a yes. gateway to something yes. incredible. We miss that. We spend our lives in fear. And you have to ask yourself, what is it I'm afraid of? Everybody has the, the thing, the, you know, the, the mom that dies at five years old. That's traumatic. I mean, I lost my parents, but gosh, I had them, you know, uh, in late in life, you know, for a very long time in my life. Um, I can't imagine you going through that these are all challenges, but when you look back, Jimmy, you're such an accomplished, incredible person. 
And I don't know, uh, do you remember how, how we met? You probably don't even remember this, how, how this happened. I actually, through my investment banking, uh, had, I don't remember if somebody had told me about you, but I looked up your bio, and I really connected with your accomplishments. Thank and you. I called you. I did a cold call. I remember this that. This is the fearless part of me. <laughs> and um, I instantly fell in love with you on the phone. Got you on That's the why. phone, and he said he doesn't take phone calls from anybody. <laughs> and I wrote an email and said, I'm your mini-me. You've got to talk to me. <laughs> I and remember and that. I, I heard the voice when you got on. It was very, you know, not <laughs> not exactly super friendly, not very polite. But And then we were on for over an hour. You said I had 20 minutes uh, at the most, <laughs> and we were on for at least an hour and hitting it off. And, and that's that, you know, getting past the fear and saying, okay, what's the worst thing can happen? This guy's going to get on the phone and say, lady, you know, I, I don't have time for you. And, of course, we have done much business since then. How, how yeah. did you get like you are? In other words, I mean, you know, you've developed this inner strength that a lot of people, because certainly, I mean, we all have fear, but the point is that you immediately overcame that by taking on challenges that a lot of people would, would run from. And, and what I loved about it, the book and reading the book was, you know, the, the uh, first of all, your definition of miracle, and then the misconception, the concept of mis of, of of the misconception of things, you know, because we all frame a, uh, we have a point of view, and we all, and it's not always right. In fact, most of the time it's wrong, you know. And and in this thing, you know, everybody was walking around with a misconception, yeah, you know, and and you bring it all, it all comes full circle. And then all of a sudden, at the end, of course, it's this great, you know, it's a it's a great close because people people grow into. The, I guess the miracle is is becoming what you want the most in your life, and which is to uh, uh, learn to love yourself in order to love others. You know, to yeah. learn to accept those things around you and to fully embrace life in a in an open and passionate way. Yeah, getting over it. It's like get over it. You know what? What's stopping you? What is it you need to do? What What is it you need to give? And and what what could possibly hurt you? And it's all in your head. It's it's this fear based, you know, living that most of us function under. And you know, for me, I can tell you exactly what it is. And and I don't know exactly where this comes from. It, pers- it could be a personality trait of mine. I cannot stand the thought of not doing something, the not doing it is more painful for me than it is to do it and fail. Oh, I agree. I would say the number one thing I learned from our first talk together was that came through loud and clearly that you were, you know, you never want to look back in your life and say, yeah. what if? Yeah, and, and playing it safe is not. No. Be, it's not okay because later on you say, well, what did I really do? I just, I, I didn't cross that line. I said, you know, there's always something we can do, achieve or give to the world. And that's why we came here. And I never want to say, what if on my last day? Because we don't know when that last day is. So tell me, about, tell me about, um, th- there's a scene that I'm not sure you can really describe, um, and that is that when she goes, when she goes back into the chambers after the little Christmas thing outside in the hallway, <laughs> and she's she's given the star, you know, the the yeah. by you know, 
All right. Well, so I wanted to put something a little bit magical in because uh, the judge is, by the way, a really nice guy. He's a great guy. He's a, well, he's a really, very supportive, person. wonderful person. He's whatever you want to characterize as, you know, your vision. I mean, to me, was you know, there was there were no faults with this man. I mean, there may have been a lot of faults, but the point is that he clearly had balance in his life. Yeah, there's, he was a stabilizing figure throughout. Yes. Yeah, and and I wanted, but I wanted to create it something a little bit magical. I sort magical. of wanted to leave it up. I I said, you know, if I was reading the book, I might be thinking, does he really exist? I mean, who is this guy? Is he going to disappear right. at the end or whatever? You know, and um, I wanted her to uh, know that you know that there was a little bit of magic and and put a little bit of doubt in her mind about what was really going on. And I I just wanted the star to represent something. Mm-hmm. Magical, and that's all that really was. Um, you you know you can use, you can interpret use it, it any way you want, want to. to. You know, right? And and so you know when I looked at it, and 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 because it was the symbolism of what of, of starting to trust yourself effectively yes. that there are really special things taking place. Let, let me ask you. We're going to go to break in just a little bit, but I, I, what 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 do you think? Um, I mean. You won many writing scholarships, lived in several different countries, including Sweden, Germany. You traveled all over abroad. You know, you know I mean, your background is amazing. Your education, you, know, you hold degrees and certificates from University of Cologne, Germany, University of Michigan, and Georgetown, degree in arts, international business, language, interior decorating, interior design. Uh, I mean, you are very accomplished, and and you are, you know, in my book, you are... Um, you're very rare, uh, and I will say, as a woman, you're very rare because you you have those processes going on in your brain that allow you to think outside the box automatically. I mean, we never had that issue when we talked about different opportunities. Right. You were always about finding the answer and the solution, never worried about the problem. And if there was going to be a problem, you would say, "Well, you know, just keep this in mind. This may be the issue." You know, and obviously you've worked with billionaires and you've worked with people of all walks of life. And what I found is that you're very grounded. Um, Thank you. And and how did what is the thing that you can put your hand on that made you like that? What is the thing that you can tell our listeners that you know? Is it something bad that happened? Is it something good that happened? Or is it just a series of events in your life that got you to to have that kind of where you are, because it is really special. You know, I don't have a, a, a you know tragic story or anything. There's nothing like that. Fortunately, fortunately, um, I think it's just a lot of experience. Um, and I, I just like I, get, I said, I think it's just an innate thing within me. And um, I, I can't explain that one so much for you, but uh, it is—it's just a fearlessness of of wanting to to achieve. Maybe maybe part of it was wanting to please my parents, especially my mother, who didn't have such a great childhood. And I think she ingrained that in me to go and do and be. I, I think that's probably a huge part of it. And um, so I was nonstop. And there was some encouragement there because I think I was living a life that she always wanted to, mm-hmm. you know. So, again, there's always some part in there that comes from our background or upbringing. And that would have, that would have been a, 
a big part of, you know. Where, where is Rosedale, by the way? Is that a fictional name, or is there actually a Rosedale? I have to, because I would have to go back and get everybody to release, <laughs> and I didn't want to do that. So I actually, um, it is actually, it did not happen in Georgia, but I want to film it here, and right. because we have a big industry, you know, film industry here. Sure. But it was I think it would uh, make a great, up. by the way, it would make a, an absolutely terrific movie, terrific uh, special for, I mean, because it'll touch so many people. And, and it's something that I think if we could learn how to reach deep inside ourselves and allow ourselves the possibility of being hurt and the possibility of being loved and the possibility of, of, of going outside, um, you know, of being able to look inside and then being able to share that with people. Just think of what that would open up in the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's how I, that's what I took away from the book. Well, you know, we are, we are going to be announcing, which it's going to be in a major network. We well, will be announcing that. And so it's going to come out for next Christmas. Obviously, we that is so great. couldn't get Otto, it done. Can you tell so us hopefully it will reach a lot of people. Who's going to play Sarah? You can't tell us that. I don't know that we haven't even gotten that far. We uh, we just you know they'll they'll get to decide and uh, put the cast together. If I have any say, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. But I haven't uh, we haven't picked a cast yet. Well, we're going to take a short commercial break. Uh, this is Jimmy Gould with my special guest Landria Anka, and you're listening to A Current Life, brought to you by Circa Black, Pure Romance, and Ad Space Ball Network. And we're talking about Landria's new book. The Rooftop Christmas Tree Miracles Happen. Stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com What can you find on Get Real Radio? Well, quite honestly, who you really are. Join host James Robinson each week for a program designed to reveal more about yourself and your world through words of wisdom and profound guests. You'll discover more about the spiritual movement and how it can work with you and alert you to problems you may not be aware of. It will educate, titillate, and enlighten your mind. Get Real Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This could end up being the best time of your week. Ah, a nice glass of wine is very refreshing after the end of a long day. But have you ever considered the story behind the wine? Tune in to Bacchus and Beery Wine Radio. With your hosts, Roger and Donna Beery, you'll meet some of the people behind the world's wineries, travel the wine country, and learn more about that glass that you're enjoying. Roger and Donna will also give would-be vintners a behind-the-scenes look at starting a winery. Bacchus and Beery Wine Radio airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. make our world a better place but not sure where to start tune into better worldians radio with the creators of the social game on facebook called a better world 
Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is acurrentlife at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to A Current Life. This is Jimmy Gould, your host, with my very special guest and friend, Landria Anka, author of The Rooftop Christmas Tree, Miracles Happen. A real-life story about a seemingly insane man, a dream, and a miracle. Uh, you're listening to Current Life, brought to you by Circle Black, Pure Romance, and that's based from all network. Uh, Landria, let me ask um, the question of careers and, and changing careers and, and how one establishes their identity and then, you know, how, and I know you and I have talked about this, how it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with changing your careers. In fact, it's advisable for most people, but they're yeah. afraid to do it. So tell me about how you've changed your career and, and what prompted that. So, you know, I mean, if you really you love what you're doing, you know, obviously, you know, there, you can continue to expand on that. You know, I, I think part of it for me, Jimmy, was it's exactly what you said. A woman in my industry was just so rare. I was, you know, I think I met two women, other investment bankers, during any kind of deals we were doing um, ever. And I was always, uh, you know, having to be very tough. And um, and so I spent 20 years in that industry. And I actually, at some point, said, had to ask myself if I was really happy anymore doing it. And, you know, but you say, okay, well, I've, I've, I've worked so hard to, to achieve this, and it's tough to be a woman here, and everybody says, oh, my God, you, would, you can't even imagine leaving, right? You know, and, I, and I was actually thinking, yeah, I, I can't imagine it. There are other things I wanted to do. I'm a very creative person. And uh, so I always wanted to do interior design. In fact, a lot of people thought I was an interior designer <laughs> when they came over to my house, and I would help them for years. And so, um, and I love women's fashion. So what happened is uh, just a series of, again, life events that I thought were gateways. And um, one was, you know, uh, my mother-in-law died, and then my husband divorced me. Then when I moved into uh, a condo in between uh, homes, my mother died. (laughs) That's when I was writing the book. My dog died and my dad died, and this is all within such a short period of time. And so my dad, this was just a few months ago, I, I went up to Michigan. We hadn't even cleared out my mother's uh, room, and I went up there, and as, as we were handling everything, I'm going through all of their private you know, notes, and there were a lot of them, and diaries, and um, the story was the same over and over again, uh, just unfulfilled dreams and fears. 
and things that they were unhappy with. And um, my father loved Santa Barbara dearly. He, we, he would visit there, and I kept saying, Dad, move out there. No, 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 he never did. I don't know why he didn't, but uh, I brought his ashes home to Atlanta, and I'm going to take them out to Santa Barbara and oh release them. And that's a pretty sad way to end up because he should have been out there while he was alive. So, and, yeah, so I, I came home and I thought, oh, my gosh, what am, what am I not doing? There's still something I want to do. And, you know, like you said, I've done so much. You know, I've traveled. I've, I've, I've lived fearlessly. People think there's nothing I haven't done, you know, that I want to. And, but that wasn't true. And I had to ask myself, why, why am I afraid to get out of this? And right. where is that fear coming from? And I had to really take a good look at myself and say, you know what? I'm still stopping myself. You know, there are no limits. And, um... I just turned Park Avenue Group overnight into interior design and women's fashion. And so you're now representing it, all I the guys and, and yeah. that you were representing before, but you're just doing different things with them. What? No, yes, exactly. I, I was thinking, how am I going to get clients in my, you know, then I said, hello, McFly, you know, these are all the people you've been working with for 20 years are your clients. You know, and so um, it's it has absolutely exploded. I am so busy, and business is going so well. I've got some great interior design clients. Um, I cater to high net worth and people that want special things, jewelry and purses, and you know, mostly women's uh, fashion. And um, you know, I work with these super busy guys like I was. Uh, you know, I used to hoof it to my next meeting, you know, with my tennis yeah. shoes in, in New York. I have to stop and buy stuff on the way because mm-hmm. I had no time. I was in meetings constantly, then on a plane back. And I realized these are the people they can't shop or take care of things, and now I do that for them and um, with, uh, you know, custom service. And, and I'm having the time of my life, and it's more successful than I could have ever imagined. And again... What was stopping me? You know, well, I think and your took, parents would be would both be very proud of you. I mean, so you're, proud, you're so your proud, dream, and right? and that's what I realized is that you know, um, everybody has been so supportive of this, my friends, and it's working. So because I'm passionate about it, I was at an event this week, and um, a couple of my former clients came and said, you know, we haven't. You've always been a happy person, but we have not seen you laugh like this. You are so happy it really shows. And that's it's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Well, first of all, as your friend, I'm very happy for you because you, you sound wonderful. And, you know, look, you, you've, you, I mean, you've, you've been on financial talk radio programs, film festivals, panelists on entertainment, financial public forums. You've worked with pro athletes uh, and some of the wealthiest people in the country. And now you're doing those things in your life that make you happy. I mean, yeah. I didn't realize it, but in doing my research, I realized, did not realize that you were also a former pro cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> so what's that you all know, about? I, I didn't know you never you hit that one. Google back then because, you know, you don't switch from, you know, being <laughs> a pro cheerleader to investment banker. Where were you a cheerleader? And so, so I'm not afraid to say it now. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've done just a little bit of everything. And <laughs> where, were you, where were you a pro cheerleader? Uh, Detroit Pistons, and oh I was my. also a cheerleader for the Detroit Express, which was the soccer team. They were actually doing yeah. better than the Pistons were at the time. Wow. 
Yeah. So that's amazing. I mean, you. I, I guess we probably are a lot alike, yes. which we always do, because when someone reads my bio, not only do I have to pick them up off the ground because they get dizzy, <laughs> but, you know, they don't understand. There's a common thread that runs through it. I, I'm all about yeah relationships and building relationships and network and, and building things. I, I don't know what, I mean, most people say I'm in private equity or they say I host a talk show or I, I've represented a hundred athletes in the, in, in the national football league, or I've made 20 movies or I've produced Broadway plays, you know, and Bob father of two great boys and, you know, and divorced and all that kind of stuff. But when I look at my life, I really am a builder. I love to build yes. things, and I and I love to do it with people that are passionate and believe in 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 the dream and changing the world for the better. And yes. you know, and giving back. And there's nothing wrong with making money. I'm all I'm a big believer in a capitalist system. I just believe I'd rather be the one to put the money back into the system than have the government do it for me. And I'm I happen to be in that regard a fairly conservative financial person, but a very socially aware person. And I get the sense that that's kind of where you're at. And well, you know, and I, my friends are probably so sick of me saying this. Uh, you know, every time they're in a predicament, I say, hey, you know, when the plane's going down, you can't help anybody unless you put the, you know, breathing mask over your face first. Absolutely. Right? And, and so then, then you're able to help other people. So, yes, having money and success is a good thing, and how you use it is the most important thing. So but, tell me about um, discipline. And, and, that, and again, that's, those are the stigmas we've been told. It's, it's right. not spiritual to have money or be successful. And, and the other thing, too, is what you just said, you know, hey, Jimmy, what are you? You know, are you a sports agent? Are you an investor? Are you whatever? Why can't you be all of those things? If you can manage them well and enjoy them, why can't you be all those things? And, uh, and um, yeah, you're right. We have a lot in common. I'm going to go for it until I drop. Let, let me ask you about the term discipline, because with all the things you do, and, and I guess now you're probably mostly working on your own. You have other people, I'm sure, that, that work with you. But the, uh, how do you deal with uh, what, what's a typical day like for you and getting up, and especially while you were writing and yeah, and one of the things I'm always curious about, because I, I just wrote a, a, a short treatment as what the real life of a real sports agent is like, not Jerry Maguire, but what the real story is like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe it'll you know, go to the next level, maybe it won't. It's called Agent. And the, uh, but where, where, how did you write? How, tell me your day and night around the writing of the book, because it takes a tremendous amount of discipline you're a great writer, number one, and number two, you're passionate about everything you do. So tell me how you kind of set your day up to do that. So you're right. I, I, I love it. I love it, and when it's not happening, I don't do it. And so then and that's where the, the different you know, interests come in. So then I focus on really what I want to do that day. And, uh, again, picking things that you love and then it's easy to fill your day with them. And you go to bed exhausted and happy. And I don't get up early. I, if I sleep in, sometimes I'll sleep in as late as 9 o'clock, you know, because I'm a I'm night owl. And so that's when I get a lot of writing ideas. And when I get them, boy, I grab that paper and I go for it. And, mm. you know, it, it could be random. And um, I'm a very social person like yourself. You know, I'm a networker. 
So I take those opportunities, but I don't want to waste my time or other people's time either, you know, just getting out there. I want it to be focused and uh, valuable. I think my parents, what my parents gave me, uh, and my brother too, he was always a hard worker, it's, you know, give, give and do do what you say you're going to do and you know, there's a discipline there that comes from the Midwest for myself in particular. And I want to I want to make other people happy. I want to perform well. I usually always go way beyond what I say I'm going to do. And, um, and that makes me very happy because I do want to make other people uh, successful. And right. I'm always happy to help them. And, again, it has to be, there has to be a mutual uh, relationship there, too. I think a lot of people allow others and, and things outside of themselves to drain their energy that's negative, and they don't know how to walk away from that. Yeah. So my focus yeah. is always on the most positive activities, people, you know, focus, and, and me, that keeps my energy you, level First of all, up. you're right, totally right about that, because yeah. distractions, noise, I call it noise, yes. can really cut in the way. Um, you know, first of all, again, the roof, the book is uh, The Rooftop Christmas Tree, Miracles Happen, and, uh, and people should go to www.amazon.com and, yeah. um, and, and get it and read it, and it's going to be a movie. You haven't... Uh, not telling us a lot about that, but that'll be for hopefully next holiday yeah, we'll season. Just, we'll but at this, that soon. At, at this time of the year, this is a book that you should buy and put in the stocking and give it to people, and uh, it's really terrific. It's inspired by a true story. It's about faith and hope and romance and miracles. Don't you feel as if much of faith, hope, and romance are often forgotten and undermined in today's world? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, having lived over in Europe, I have to say I I don't like what I see happening over here with, um, you know, and believe me, I've got to get up to par. I'm not even in social media. That's something I just got a friend Mm -hmm. Grab me, <laughs> but but there's so much of a focus on you know I'm I'm going to get a sandwich now I'm going to do this or that and right and right Ridiculous. and it, yeah. it's gotten crazy it's it's about the me 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 and I think right. we have lost all of the true faith and like you said true romance instead of what what's in it for me um, you know true love people you know that stay together and try to work things out and same thing with friends being forgiving of each other because uh, true love comes from your heart and that means that you can be compassionate and sometimes you know you take a step back you take you take some space between you and whatever's happening or what whoever but uh but yeah true romance true passion all of that comes from your heart and you you know what to do and when to do it and um i think we're so caught up sometimes in you know, just the the glitz and the glam of the United States in particular is very focused on that. So I hope this book sort of pulls back. Well, a the message bit of that. I got from the book is how to live fearlessly, and and to me, I've often felt that's the natural, the most natural enemy of mankind. I mean, once you conquer fear, you know, there's a a great writer in the Yaki Way of Knowledge that talked about fear, clarity, power, and old age, and mm-hmm. fear stops most people. So how does one, and again, for those people who aspire to write a book or 
you know, pursue anything they want in their journey because you and I look at life as a journey. And, yeah. and uh, how, do, how does one break the chains of fear? Uh, well, okay, so I, I'm much of the Dalai Lama. I, mm-hmm. I think you probably are. We're, we're all going to have an element of that. So I, again, I look at it as a facilitator, not a hindrance. So you can either let it take over you and stop you, or you can look at it and say, okay, I am feeling this. This is real. I'm not going to say, you know, some affirmation and make it it. go away. That doesn't work. You, You have to absolutely recognize it and say, okay, I am afraid. What is it I'm afraid of? That I won't have money, that I'm going to lose my job, that I won't have the person that I love. There will always be a new job. There will always be money. There will always be other people in your life. If you can let go, let go and accept exactly where you are, those new things will come in and replace whatever you were afraid of that weren't so good for you anyways. So I think fear can actually be a positive thing that motivates you. You know, if you're afraid of, you know, not having money, my gosh, sit down and start figuring out what you can do to change that. If you want a book, okay, if you're not a good writer, find somebody to write that story with you who is a good person that, you know, that will help you. Um, and that's the other thing is finding good people to facilitate your goals and or, you know, call the friend that's going to give you the pep talk. Um, I think the fear is always going to be there. It's, you know, what you just said, it is part of life. And I'm sure that your past experiences that you spoke of earlier are part of exactly who you are and have driven you, you know, and I think it's all good. I really do. Well, you know, I mean, I think you know, a lot of people decide not to pursue their dreams. They may not even consciously decide that, but they don't do it because of fear and yeah. fear of changing and fear of failing and fear of the unknown. Yeah. And, you know, and and you can't get to your dreams. You can't get, you know, John and Sarah would not have ended up, well, I don't want it to give away the story, but they yeah. would not have started to develop a relationship or get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Even though they'd known each other a long time, they had never gone deep into that. And, right. and so they had misconceptions. And again, you know, uh, taking risks, uh, you know, uh, the, the, all of those things, to me, I believe you've got to follow your gut feeling that that's the God-given voice that you're given, your instinct, your, your, yes. you know, the in- intuition. How much of your decisions in your life and, and in writing this book come from your faith and come from your gut? A hundred percent. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, and that, that, it hasn't always been that way. And I think when I wrote the book the first time, my mother, when she was editing was picking up on that I was trying to be a writer. I was trying to write something versus just talking. Right. And people, I, I can remember um, uh, telling the story to a couple of friends, and one of my girlfriends, you know, she cried. I, most people cry if I tell them the story. And, um, and uh, I realized it's because I was talking, and that was so much more powerful than me just sitting there um, doing what I think I'm supposed to do or how other people write. And so faith is that, like you said, going with what you feel is good and right and just keep keep doing it, and you'll know. 
you'll know. And then, of course, you know, like I said, it's okay to get help or feedback from other people, and that's letting the ego go, mm-hmm. you know, releasing the ego and saying, okay, you know, if I want to achieve this, I need to listen to my heart. But, yeah, I have learned to say, okay, it's all right to feel certain things. I just, like I said, accept them and look at them uh, as, you know, across the room and say it's there. It's not going away. What am I going to do with it? But um, I, I know that we came here for a reason, all of us. And how horrible would it be to, like I said, be at the end of your life and say, what was I afraid of? Why didn't I write that book? Why didn't I go for that job? Um, you know, or make that phone call to that guy or girl that you really like a lot. What's the worst that can happen? You know, and um, I think that the universe is created by nothing but wonderful, positive energy, and everything else is what we create. That's just not real. So. And it impacts everything because we're all connected. And we are. even even a, a negative word goes out in the universe and it affects us. And, a negative thought. Okay, negative well, yeah. you know, and if I mean, people say you're that's amazed, you're uh, crazy stuff, let's, let's talk about quantum physics. So, yeah. you know, that is real yeah. and that is science. And they're proving now that what you just said is absolutely true. It's all so let me, let me ask you a question. I, I ask this. I've been doing this show now for two years, and I'm on, I'm on a, kind of the, the, what I call the, the back nine in my life uh, on, on this type of, a, of show. I like to try different things because it takes me out of my comfort zone. It's why I climbed Kilimanjaro and did different things like that. Um, and I've had fun doing this because I can talk to people like you about the journey. If you could choose to have... Dinner, dead or alive, with I mean, with one person dead or alive, who would it be and why? Any person, whether they're alive today or not, who would it be that you could have dinner with? Uh, Eckhart Tolle. He huh? he was he was a life changer for me um, a few years back. Uh, who was that? Eckhart Tolle is a very enlightened being. Huh. Uh, he's a, a guy who. Uh, had this enlightening experience uh, one night when he was so unhappy with his life. He had a horrible childhood, and he was going to commit suicide, and you know, he was th- thinking about killing himself. And he just crossed that threshold where there is no fear anymore, and he has this, he's totally awakened being. And um, I, uh, I did the Soul Series, the Oprah Soul Series, and he was on there, and he's just such a, an incredible person. For me, it's not about, you know, uh, meeting with all these successful people that have done things business-wise. Right. At this point in my life, like you said, it's the spiritual part that how can I continually be a better person, that everything in my life that I achieve, how can others benefit from it? You know, because that's what truly makes me happy, and that's what feels good at the end of the day. And anyone I can talk to has that has gone to that wonderful place that they've really mastered it, uh, that would be my goal is to get to that perfect place. And if I don't, that's okay. If I leave this earth and I've made somebody else think or take that job or write that book, um, then, I've, then I've done some good things here. Well... You know, uh, we're going to have to get you back on the show, especially as we get near the next holiday and, and the movie. And 
Yeah. And uh, I have one more question for you in the next few minutes as we're wrapping up. As you look back on your journey and your life, what do you feel is the real meaning or greater purpose in life? Gosh. <laughs> Not I've a asked tough this question. a lot Thanks, of times, Jimmy. and it's amazing what I've gotten. The so. meaning in life? In a I minute think... or so, tell me. Yeah, the greater purpose. Because you're the very spiritual. Purpose? You're not afraid. I, You've done things in your life that most people would never do. Yeah. How do you look at it? I, I don't think it is about what other people think is great. So, so becoming the best, absolute, loving person, open, loving person, if you can make any difference of any, on any level in your life, you've changed something here for the positive. And it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, something, a movie on the screen or anything. It's how you treat your neighbor. It's, it's everything you do. It's like you said, it's, it's your thoughts, it's your actions, and that's pretty much it. Well, you're, it's a great answer. You're an amazing person. Thank you. Our time's up. We've been with uh, Landry Anka for sharing your journey. We want to thank you. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning into A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel and our sponsors, Pure Romance and Adspace Mall Network. This is your host, Jimmy Gould, signing off. Please join us next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern for our next episode. And until next time, I wish each and every one of you a journey filled with hope, and inspiration and success. And Landria, my dear friend, much love for the holiday season, and thank you for writing this most inspiring book. Thank you Rooftop so much. Rooftop Christmas Tree Thanks Miracles Happen. Me. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us for A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please tune in to another great program with your host, Jimmy Gould, next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time. We'll see you next week.